thank you, Emily. That was so good. I hope you're getting the message this morning. Uh, rejoice in the Lord. I read, let me read the, the whole verse there. Finally, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. And then, he, in case you think we're repeating ourselves, Paul writes, it's no trouble for me to write the same thing to you again, and it's a safeguard for you. And, hey, we're only in chapter 3, and Paul has already mentioned joy six times. One, one writer put it like this, Christians need this word. Not just children, all of us need this word. Most of God's people need this challenge often. It's easy for believers to let circumstances discourage them. The cure for discouragement is to rivet one's attention on the Lord and rejoice in him. And as, as, as Emily was just telling us, for Paul, the rejoice, it's a doing word. It's a, it's a verb. It's a dewy one. It means to ascribe, to give through singing and, and whatever, to give praise and gratitude and thanks to the Lord. It's a doing word. And we've already had a lovely psalm there, and there's so many of these that I will give thanks. We're going to do it. The band, I think, are ready behind me. Um, and you know, there's one really interesting scripture in Habakkuk 3. Some of you know this one. Though the fig tree doesn't blossom, bad news, and there are no grapes on the vine, very bad news, though the olive crop fails, bad news, and the fields produce no food, this is getting really bad, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stall, yet will I rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in God my Saviour. Folks, that's what we're going to be doing this morning. And as we're going to think right now, I'm not going to say much more, I'll come back in a moment. But, but here's the thing, Paul says this, he says, it's no trouble for me and it's a safeguard for you. He's in prison, his friend nearly died, he's on trial, he will He's going to lose his life because he's following Jesus. You might feel in prison and in a, in a tough old place this morning, but I want to tell you, Paul is saying to you, it's no trouble for me to keep saying this because it's a safeguard for you. So we're going to do it right now. We're going to worship. We're going to praise. Our, hey, don't leave it to the children to get active. Please engage Move, perhaps stand, move around, sing, enjoy the Lord. Declare his great worth as we sing some songs now. So over to you, Tom, and I'll get out of the way. He's going to listen for us. Sorry. We're really touching on the heart of what it means to be a Christian this morning. It really is about knowing Jesus and enjoying knowing Jesus. And it, it might interest you to know that right after that first verse that, that Emily read and that I just read, where Paul said, 
rejoice. Brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord always. Right after that verse, he gives us a warning. In fact, three times he says, watch out, watch out, watch out. Three times in verse 2. And this is, I'll read it to you. Watch out for the, those dogs. I'll explain that in a moment. Watch out for those evildoers. Watch out for those mutilators of the flesh. Three times he says, watch out. Because it's very easy for us to lose the, the joy of knowing Jesus, of walking with Jesus. It's, it's, it's very easy for that joy to, 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 to slip away, to be gone, to be overwhelmed by the things that are happening to us, around, around us. Um, and, and so Paul is saying, don't lose your joy. D- don't, don't lose the heart of what it means to, to, to be a Christian, is to know Jesus and to enjoy him. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. Don't lose it. And in their case, the, the Christians in, in Philippi, it was, it was the Judaizers who were trying to pull them back into their old lifestyle, into their old ways. And that was the pressure that was on them to, 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 to stop this following Jesus, stop this Christian thing, come back to what, we, what you used to do. And, and isn't it true for, for all of us? It, 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 it might be different for, for, to, to us than it was for, for the Philippians. So let me put it to you this way. What are your dogs? if I can put it that way. Dogs, by the way, in Paul's day, were not things people kept as pets. They were wild things. They didn't lick you, they bit you. And they probably gave you something nasty when they did that. And so Paul's saying, watch out. There's, there's, there's things that snap away, that will take away the joy, the, the wonder, the... the that, that, that sure knowledge of knowing Jesus. There are things that can take it away. And so this morning, I want to, to, to say to you, watch out, watch out, watch out. There are things that can knock you off course. Love the boxing gloves, Emily. If, if this was a boxing place, the Lads Club, years ago. In fact, on the wall behind you, Emily, up there, there's a famous Norwich boxer, called Ginger Sad. He's about 20 foot tall, painted on the wall behind that wall. So, uh, <laughs> folks, do, we, got, we need to be careful. We need to be watching out, watching out, lest we lose the joy, the wonder, the enjoyment of knowing the Lord. So, what is it for you? What draws your devotion away from Jesus? What draws your devotion away from Jesus? Maybe it's your smartphone. Maybe it's pressure of friends. Maybe it's fears that come snapping around your ankles and you become fearful and your joy goes. Maybe it's friends trying to pull you back into things that you used to do, things that you used to enjoy. Maybe it's just temptation, the enemy taking you places you just shouldn't be going in your heart and in your mind. What are your dogs? Paul is being really, uh, he's really concerned for these dear Christians. He doesn't want them to be robbed. Watch out, watch out, watch out. My, My last point then, do the maths. 
do the maths. What Paul then does, he, he talks about all the things that he used to take great pride in, things that meant a lot to him, talks about his background. If anyone thinks they have reason to boast, I've got, I can boast, I, I circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was, he, he, he had a lot of prestige. He had a lot of standing in the community. Lots of things that he, he considered to be gain. And then he says this in verse 7, but whatever work gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What's more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whose sake I've lost all kinds of things that I may and count them as garbage, as street mess, so that I may win him. I was thinking of bringing Angie's kitchen scales in this morning. Be a bit tricky on the bike. And, uh, but anyway, I was thinking of bringing these scales in, and I could put all kinds of stuff on one side. You know, uh, I could put just the, just the stuff of life. I could put a, I don't know... Uh, I could, let's not go there. All the stuff that I consider important on one side, and then find the biggest weight ever and plonk it on the other side. Because that's what Paul's doing in this passage. He's saying, do you know what? All the things that used to mean so much to me, my social standing, my prestige, my good, upright character in society, all the things that I counted so highly, the good life, the comfortable life, do you know what? They're like, they're just rubbish. They're rubbish compared to the surpassing, this is a beautiful word here, the surpass, the exceptional value. Now, the word here in the Greek is um, hooper echo, hooper, hooper, over the top. It's kind of off the scale. It's, it's, it's wow. So what Paul's saying is, that's what knowing Jesus is like. Being, this is the heart of Christianity that, that we're, we're touching on here this morning. The heart of Christianity is knowing Jesus. Yes, it's great to know my sins are forgiven because Jesus died on the cross for me. Yes, it's great to know that because he rose from the dead, I'm going to rise from the dead and I, I've, got, I've got a hope and a future. These are wonderful things. But at the heart of it all, as we just sung, it's all about knowing you, Jesus. It's about knowing you. It's about a personal relationship with Jesus. And I want to ask you this morning, first of all, have you got a personal relationship with Jesus? Because you can have. That's the heart of being a Christian. So Paul's saying that I may know him. This is the most wonderful thing. Not that he's already there, but he's, 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 he's going, he's pressing on, he wants to know more about Jesus. Folks, you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. Is that presumptuous? No. It's, it's biblical Christianity, knowing Jesus, knowing that he died for you, but knowing that he's also alive. He rose from the dead, he's risen, and he's, we can know him today, his life, 
our lives, I can't use my hands anymore, they're full. We're in Christ. That's what it means to be a Christian. So Paul's used this sort of adding up, to all the all the pluses in one column, and then I put knowing Jesus in the other column. No comparison. Do you know when you when you get the when you get the real thing, as it were, all other imitations they they just that they, they they pale into insignificance, don't they? When compared to the real the real thing, I know I was trying to think of an illustration here. And it's a bit pathetic, this one. Um, but, you know, you, if you know me quite well, you'll know that I'm a, I'm a bit of a coffee geek, a bit of a coffee snob. I, I love coffee, great coffee. Grind the beans freshly. Ah, oh, the smell in the machine, right temperature, everything. Don, I hope you're keeping your hand in. It, when you've tasted the real thing... Now, I'm in a real snob here. Nescafe... Oh, sorry, I sh- shouldn't mention things like that. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. When you taste the real thing, everything else falls away. Or maybe I could use the illustration of, at the moment we can't travel, so we're all perhaps watching travel programs on TV, right? You're watching people go, other people go to nice places. When you've been to a wonderful place, when you've had the real thing, everything else slips away. I want to urge you this morning, do you know Jesus as your saviour? Have you given your life to him? Have you understood that he died in your place on the cross and invited him into your life as the living one? Have you, if you are a Christian, have you let dogs, as it were, snap around your ankles, taking your attention away, fears, worries, what's the future hold? Listen, the motto of Paul's life is in Philippians 1.21. We read it a couple of weeks ago. For me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. His relationship with Jesus was, was, was such that even going through prison and, and facing death was okay. It was okay because he knew Jesus. And you can have that too. Are you fearful at this time? Are you fearful for your future? Are you fearful for your health? You do not have to be. You don't have to be. Knowing Jesus changes all that and gives us joy on the journey, whatever the journey holds. So verse 8, whatever, I, ca- I, count every- I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord, very personal now, my Lord, and be found in him. There's that phrase again. Beautiful. I'm going to finish with a quote from C.S. Lewis. Some of you will recognize this. You might think it's a bit presumptuous, knowing knowing God. Are we in this for joy? I thought Christianity was about giving stuff up, not finding pleasure and joy. Well, listen to this. From C.S. Lewis. If there lurks in most modern minds the notion that to desire our own good and earnestly to hope for enjoyment is a bad thing, I submit that this has come from the Stoics. It's no part of Christian, the Christian faith. Indeed, 
if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels, it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures falling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is being offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in the slum because he can't imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday by the sea, we're far too easily pleased. Folks, there's such joy in knowing Jesus, in giving our lives to him. There's such peace in knowing Jesus. No fear. Our lives are in Christ. And that can be yours this morning. For me to live is Christ, says Paul. To die is gain. I read a, 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 a something a moment ago. I, I think Leslie posted it. that um, If we enter his courts with thanksgiving, he enters our hearts, our lives, with his presence and power. We're going to sing now as we finish. And it's a very beautiful song, a devotional song. And please, I want you, maybe, if, maybe you've you allowed the, the dogs to snap around and you've lost your closeness to the Lord. Or maybe fears have crept in and uh, robbed you of your joys. Whatever it is this morning, this is a moment. This is a moment for you, wherever you are, for you to come back to that place. Lord Jesus... I want to know you more. See, the thing is, you never get to the end of knowing him. Paul says, I'm pressing on, I'm going on. Make this your prayer now. And maybe you need to say, Laurie, sorry, Lord, I, but other things have taken your place. I want to know you better. Should we sing that song? Thank you, guys. Beautiful song. Sing it wherever you are. Make it your prayer. Knowing you, Jesus, there is no better thing.